Very reverently, I want you to look at somebody next to you and tell them, one encounter changes everything. One encounter changes everything. You guys can just hang close. You don't have to play the whole time, but just stay close. Jacob, his name meant deceiver. His name meant deceiver. And, and what you have to realize about this moment and what you have to realize about this space that we're in is that whenever in the Bible God would move or meet with someone, they would call that place holy. When God met with Moses at the burning bush, he said, take off your shoes for this place is holy ground. When Jacob encountered God in Genesis 28, when the angels were going up and down the ladder, Jacob said, surely this is the gate of heaven. And when we come into moments as we have come to this morning, it is important that we recognize that the place that we are standing in is holy. Not because we are here, because we are an unholy people, but because the God who created all things and is he himself by himself holy is here. And I know that there are people who want to scoff at and want to say that, Pastor, you are crazy to believe that God could be here in this room. I'm telling you now, you have come too late to tell me that the presence of Almighty God does not change everything. And when he comes into a room, it shifts everything about our gatherings it shifts everything about our lives. It shifts everything about our individual status. In this moment, bodies could be healed in the blink of an eye. In this moment, love could wash over the hardened heart and make it soft again, healing marriages and mending relationships. And it does not matter how you came into the presence of God, you can leave different than you came in. And in this scripture, Jacob, his name is Deceiver. He is known by his misdeeds. He is known by the problems that he has caused. He is known by the lies that he has told. He is known by the trickery that has been in his heart. Anytime somebody called out Jacob, they were saying Deceiver. He deceived his father, when he killed an animal and put the animal skin on his arm, making his father think that he was Esau, therefore stealing the birthright of Esau and the blessing of the father. He lied concerning his food. He lied concerning, uh, he stole Esau's birthright in a moment of weakness from Esau. And in Genesis 32, we find a man who is a deceiver, but he's also afraid. Verse 27 says that Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. How many of you understand that sin will cause fear to grip your life? 
Sin will open the door for fear to have control in your life. But it's not always sin. Sometimes it is choice. That I'm going, you choose to be afraid. You don't know how to wrestle against fear. And then at other times, it is very much a spirit that is controlling and demonizing and oppressing you. It's called the spirit of fear. And whatever it might be, Jacob was under fear. And so Jacob made a decision. Jacob made a decision, and the decision was, I need to be alone. I need to be by myself. And so he took all of his possessions and he took all of his family and he sent them over the brook. And in verse 24, the Bible says, and Jacob was alone. Bear with me a moment while I tell you that the greatest place of growth that will ever happen in your life is not when people are watching you, but it is when you are in the secret place of the Most High, abiding in the everlasting presence of Jesus Christ. We have so many people who have experienced false growth. They grow in number, but they are, they are small in stature in the presence. They are small in stature in the secret place. They are known by men, but they are not known by God. And Jesus said in Matthew 6, he said, when you pray, do not be like the Pharisees who stand in the open courts and pray so everyone can hear them. He said, when you pray, go into your room and shut the door behind you and your father who sees in secret will reward you in open. I need you to listen to me when I say this. You will receive the reward of where you pray the most. If you only pray in corporate prayer meetings, then you will receive the reward of corporate prayer meetings, the accolades and affirmation of man, the applause of man. But if you pray in the secret place, man may not applaud you and man may not affirm you, but in heaven you are known by the God who created the heavens and the earth. It is the same story in 2 Kings chapter 4 when Elisha came came to a widow and he poured out and she said I don't have anything to feed my sons and the creditor is coming to steal them and Elisha said go and get vessels and, and, and get the oil in your house and I want you to get the vessels and when you get the vessels he said this go into your house you and your sons and close the door behind you shut the door behind you and when they did that they poured the oil and the oil never ceased to flow until there was more than enough to pay back the creditors. You've got to make a decision. I am going to hide myself in the secret place. I am going to shut out the distractions. I'm going to shut out the, the distractions and the fears of life. I'm going to shut out the distractions of the day and I am going to be alone. The second thing that happened, the Bible said that Jacob was alone with God, meaning that Jacob positioned himself to encounter God. Here's what you will learn about God. For those of you that are wondering what happened a little bit ago, when, a, when Pastor Bobby began to amplify his voice in another tongue, 
The scripture says that that is the gift of tongues and interpretation. That is the spirit meeting with us, talking to us a message from the Holy Spirit to his people. And the Holy Spirit said to us that if you seek me, you will find me. And what happened in Genesis 32 is Jacob was positioned to encounter God. This is why I am so passionate and, 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 I, and, and I feel bold this morning in the presence of the Lord and I get irritated when 12 o'clock hits and people just get up and leave regardless of what's happening in church. Because you never know what answering one altar call might do for your life. You never know what one moment in the presence of God may do in your life. We have no problem, I'm about to get worked up, we have no problem sitting through four-hour football games, and we have no problem sitting through four-hour movies, and we have no problem binge-watching our favorite TV shows, but God forbid church goes a minute over noon, and we've got things to do. Last time I checked, no football game ever changed my life. Last time I checked, no movie ever mended my heart. Last time I checked, no TV show ever shaped me and put me back together again and if you want to encounter him you've got to put yourself in the position to encounter him he said if you seek me Jeremiah 33 and you seek me with your whole heart I will be found of you And some of us wonder, God, why am I not experiencing you? God, why am I not encountering you? God, why are other people getting in your presence and getting to know you? Why? And then we make no time for God to come to us. I'm telling you, I'm passionately telling you this morning, one encounter changes everything. One moment changes everything. He's left alone and he encounters God. He encounters God. He said he's left alone and a man wrestled with him. I don't know what it looks like in your Bible, but in my Bible, it says a man wrestled with him. And that word man is capitalized. And later on in the story, Jacob names that place Penile, for I saw God face to face and I was preserved. He's left alone. He puts himself in position and he encounters God. Now what happens in one encounter? We're going to walk through it real quick and then we're going to pray. Number one, his walk is forever affected Jeremiah 32 and 25 now when the man saw that he could not overpower Jacob he touched the socket of his hip and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled as he wrestled John come here because if I hurt you I won't feel bad here Jacob is left alone And he puts himself in position for God to come and encounter him. In the middle of his fear, in the middle of his sin and deception, and in the middle of his trepidation, 
He puts himself in the right position. And God and man wrestle me. Not for real, but God and man began to tussle. Now, I got to thinking last night, how did this wrestling match get started? Was there a referee in heaven that hit the bell? Did, did a dark shadow figure just come out of the woods and just grapple Jacob and they started fighting? I don't know, but somehow they got in a wrestling match. Somehow they got in a struggle. And, and the Bible said when, when God knew that Jacob was not going to quit, hear me. When God knew that Jacob was not going to give up, when God knew that Jacob was not going to stop wrestling until he got what he needed, God took his hand and he touched his hip. And, and from that point forward, the Bible said that Jacob's hip was out of joint. Thank you. Jacob's hip was out of joint. This is a noticeable moment because now never again in his life will Jacob ever be able to walk the same way he walked before this moment there was something noticeable that happened when he had an encounter with God I want you to understand something. I was reading this morning, finishing studying, Cleveland Clinic talks about dislocated hips. And, and it says that, that it takes unbelievable force to dislocate a hip. It takes unbelievable force to dislocate a hip. And it is unbelievably painful. I don't know who told you. That your walk with God in Christianity was going to be free of pain. But if you want to grow, I can promise you that you are going to go through pain. That God is going to shape things in your life. That one encounter is going to start a journey of transformation where things begin to fall off and things begin to shift. And this pain is not to be medicated. This pain is to be stewarded. Because when you come into an encounter with God Almighty, it changes everything. What about Gideon? who was hiding in a wine press and the enemies of God were coming down upon him and the angel of the Lord which in the Old Testament many scholars believe that that word is just transferable between the Son of God the angel of the Lord God he had an encounter with God and he said you mighty man of valor what are you doing behind this wine press and Gideon who was hiding in a wine press came out and led 300 men in battle against those who made them look like grasshoppers but because God was with him he won them the victory you're saying pastor what are you saying for Gideon one encounter changed everything what about Moses who was a stuttering blabbering fool but he had an encounter on the backside of a desert with a burning bush and God said go and tell Pharaoh let my people go and Moses with the boldness and confidence of the Holy Spirit
Aaron walked into Pharaoh's uh, 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 temple and he said, let my people go. You're saying, what are you saying, pastor? I'm saying that one encounter with God Almighty changed everything. Let me give you some New Testament. Uh, what about a man named Peter who was a cussing, cursing sailor man who was rough on the edges, uh, didn't have it all figured out, but thought he did. Uh, and in one moment in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Ghost came on the disciples in the upper room, it was not anybody but Peter who was the one who stood up and said, we are not drunk as you suppose, but this is that which was spoken of the prophet Joel, that it should come to pass afterward, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy, and your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions, and on the servants and handmaidens, I will pour out of my spirit, and Peter, the drunken, cursing sailor man, stood up and led thousands of people to the Lord. Why? He had one encounter with God. What about Paul on his way to Damascus, a persecutor and crucifier of Christians? But he met a man named Jesus on the road to Damascus. And it was this same Paul that would stand up and write two-thirds of the New Testament and preach the gospel to the ends of the earth. You're saying, what happened? I'm telling you what happened. He had one encounter with the Holy Ghost and he began to limp and now it was noticeable. There's a man with a limp in our midst. He doesn't walk like us. He doesn't talk like us. He doesn't walk normal. He doesn't talk normal. He's encountered somebody who can change his life. You say, what am I saying? I'm telling you this morning, I don't know what you came in here fighting. I don't know what you came in here afraid of. I don't know what you came in here looking for, but I know a God who is real. He's real in my soul and all it will take is a all it'll take is one encounter with a holy God to change your life forever some of you say you're crazy I've encountered him and you've come too late to tell me that he can't take drug addicts and make them whole you've come too late to tell me he can't take alcoholics sober them up and make them whole you've come too late to tell me that he can't take fear ridden sin ridden people touch them in a deep place and change their life forever one encounter changes everything Uh, now here's the problem one encounter changes everything could it be that tomorrow for some of you when you go back to work and your co-workers say what happened to you because Friday you didn't walk like this. Friday, you didn't talk like this. Friday, you didn't smile like you're smiling. Friday, you didn't have peace like you have peace now. I'm sure Jacob's family, when they saw him the next day, said, Jacob, when we left you last night, you weren't walking like with a limp. What happened to you? And God forbid that people, let me talk to some of you seasoned saints who when you first touched him and he first touched you, 
you started walking with a limp. Ah, but then religion told you and people told you, brother, you need a hip replacement because you make us nervous walking like that. You make us nervous talking like that. You make us nervous when you praise like that. You make us nervous when you shout like that. You make us nervous when you, when you preach like that. You make us nervous when you prophesy like that. You need to get a hip replacement. And religion told you that your encounter with God needed to have the touch of religion. Can I talk to some Pharisee in the room who's a little bit on edge this morning because I'm hollering and shouting. My, my encounter with God doesn't need the form and hands of a man's religion. My encounter with God calls me to walk with a limp and I don't need a hip replacement. I don't need you to come and tell me you can fix me. What I need is one more encounter. You think I don't need one? I need it. I need it as sure as I breathe. And for some of you seasoned saints in the room who used to have fire and who used to have a limp, but religion told you to get your act together and religion told you to be proper and get yourself right. I've come to tell you the same God that touched Jacob's hip and the same God that touched my hip is the same God that wants to touch yours and give you your limb back. Somebody shout, God, give me my limb back. I want my limb back. I don't want to walk like everybody else. I don't want to talk like everybody else. I don't want to sing like everybody else. I want my limb back. Some of you are like, Pastor, I thought you were just going to talk. I was, and then I felt my help come on. Here's the next thing. A man with a limp or a woman with a limp is a man or a woman that God can use. Because Jacob, in this moment, he becomes helpless. He cannot carry what he used to carry. And he cannot work how he used to work. And he cannot do what he used to do. And you know what that means? That means that he's now helpless and he's weak. And the Bible said that in my weakness, he is made strong in my limping he is made strong and can I tell you something God can't use prideful strong people God can't use people who say God I've got this I can carry this I can do it God uses people with a limp who people say they shouldn't be able to do that they shouldn't be able to preach like that and they shouldn't be able to sing like that and they shouldn't be able to prophesy like that after everything they've been through after everything they've walked through they shouldn't be able to do it but God will use somebody with a limp because God gets the glory out of limping people God gets the honor out of limping people because it can never be said that they did it it can never be said that he did it it can only be said that God did it and all you gotta do is ask the Holy Ghost to help you Romans 8 said when I don't know what to pray the spirit prays through me when I'm weak in prayer all I've got to say is help Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost begins to pray through me the Holy Ghost begins to magnify himself out of my limp mm. 
Sorry, I'll try to calm down. His walk is forever affected. The second thing, his name is forever changed. Verse 28, God said, your name will no longer be deceiver, but your name will be that you wrestled with God and you won. Hmm. Yeah. You wrestled with God and you overcame. Now some of you are saying, how can you wrestle God and win? Winning does not look like standing in the ring and having your hand raised in victory to God. Winning looks like I came into the presence and I walked out limping and I walked out with a new name and the prize for the fight was not material gain. The prize for the fight was that my life will never, ever, 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 ever be the same. The prize of the encounter is not the blessings and the money. The prize of the encounter is that I will never go back to the way my life used to be. It has shifted everything. Everything has changed. And God says to Jacob, you will no longer be known by what you have done, but you will be known by who you have encountered. You will no longer be known by the mistakes you have made but you will be known by the moment that you came into contact with God who is holy and not only so but this, 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 this is where Israel comes from so not only did God change his walk and God changed his name but God would birth an entire nation out of him. And I'm not here to tell you, some of you need to chill. I'm not here to tell you that God wants to birth a whole nation out of you. But what if God wants to birth a family in your home that changes a nation? What if God wants to birth a ministry that sets a region on fire? What if God wants to birth a heart in you that will shape the way that people walk in their life? What if God wants to birth something in you that you never thought fathomable, that you never thought you'd be able to do in all of your life? What if God wants to change your name and you're no longer Jacob but Israel and out of you I will touch the nations? I'm convinced that some of you need to get a picture in your mind of what could be. You're always looking at what is, and you're depressed because you're always looking at what is. You're downtrodden because you're always looking at what is. Some of you need to get a picture in your mind of what could be. If I surrendered everything to Jesus and had an encounter with the Holy God, what could, what could God do with me? If I was fully surrendered, what could God do with me if I had an encounter with him that changed everything? Then I'm going to be done. He says to him, then, then, then Genesis 33 and 3, he crossed over before them and bowed seven times. He's had his encounter. He's worshiped there. 
The Bible says in the last verse of Genesis 32, and Jacob limped on his hip. He crosses over the Jabbok, limping. No fear. Somebody just put your hand up and just say, no fear. Limping. Imagine with me, you are Esau, Jacob's family. Even the animals were probably looking crooked at Jacob. And Esau says, Jacob, what happened to you? Jacob's wives, Rachel and Leah. Baby, last night when we left you, you didn't walk like this. Did you fall out of a tree? Did you fall down? Have a traumatic injury? <laughs> Jacob says, no. But I had an encounter with a man who touched me in a deep place and I'll never walk the same again. I'll never be the same again. His fear was gone completely. Completely gone. Start to play. His fear is completely gone. Jacob comes to Genesis 35. And it says, then God said to Jacob, arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there. Make an altar there to God who appeared to you when you fled from the face of your brother. And Jacob said to his household and to all who were with him, put away the foreign gods that are among you, purify yourselves, change your garments. One of the reasons that in the church we have encounters that are meant to be life-changing, hip-dislocating encounters is through the years, life finds a way of taking your hip and putting it back into place. When you have a, a hip, are y'all with me this morning? When you have a hip dislocating encounter with God it is not meant to be put back into place it is meant to be stewarded God I never want to walk the way I used to walk I never want to talk the way I used to talk I want to be changed and I want to stay changed. Genesis 35 tells us three things we can do to stay changed. The first is build an altar. If you want to continue to walk with a limp, build an altar of prayer. Build an altar of consecration. The second thing you got to do is purify yourself. Purify yourself. God, make me whole every day. Make me pure. Make me holy. And the last thing, you got to put away the idols. Put the idols away. Put the idols away. I want you to stand on your feet all over the room this morning.